Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. David Eichel, Sean Bach, HawkeyeInsider.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Sean, it's been a couple days post-Illinois in probably the most frustrating game of the season, I think, for Iowa fans. Uh Iowa loses nine to three. They Illinois snapped an eight game losing streak against the Hawkeyes. And Sean, this is probably the second time, maybe first real second time this year where there was just a lot of pent up frustration. There was a lot of emotion post game and really, really, they just looked and sounded defeated. So the bye week couldn't come at a better time. I mean, where do we even start to break this one down? It was all, no good all around, incredibly frustrating for Iowa fans and the players alike. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where, you know, like you said, the bye week could not have come at a better time. And the bye week is a good, good time for, you know, young guys to get in the mix, but also is a good time for guys to get healthy. And I think that's one of the things that, has really hurt this Iowa team this year too. I mean, you can't, you can't look past the health of this team and especially at the wide receiver position. I think that is a area where it's been very evident Um, starting with Keegan Johnson, you know, Nico Regani was out for the first few games. Arlen Bruce was the only healthy scholarship wide receiver. Um, You know, they're just, and obviously with the stuff that happened this off season, I think a lot of people really underestimated what the loss of Charlie Jones would be for this Iowa team. And even Tyrone Tracy, I know that both of them weren't used as much as, you know, they would have liked or people would have liked, but that effect and that depth, I mean, they would have played a much bigger role for this year's team. And, you know, it's, it's been felt within, uh, within the program and from the outside offensively too, there just seems to be some disconnect going on. And um, if you can get these guys healthy, that's going to, that's going to be a big help. I mean, Deontay Vines has started to practice a little bit more. <clears throat> not really sure on what Keegan Johnson is going to do, but um, you just got to get healthy, man. Like there's other areas too, where there needs to be health and, you know, just to refocus, just like to recoup and just, just take the bye week and really, really kind of just refresh and, you know, get, get back to where you need to be. Um, I know expectations won't change inside the program, but from our perspective and from fans perspective too, like there just seems to be like we need to do some reshaping with these expectations. And, you know, there's still a lot of football left. The Big Ten West is as wide open as possible. I think Iowa should have won 
you know, should be five and one at this point. I think those games against Iowa State and Illinois were very beatable opponents, but they kind of just shot themselves in the foot, whether that be poor offensive play. Like I said, injuries don't want to make that total excuse. Poor offensive play. And I get like the whole mantra of people giving Kirk Ferentz a lot of crap about his uh, most like overused stat, which is offensive yardage. I, I agree with him, but I also think timely touchdowns is a stat that I wish, you know, could be kept in some, some, uh, some capacity because there have been times where the defense has put Iowa's offense in such a good position that they have been unable to put the ball in the end zone or really change the game. And, you know, you look at the Iowa state game, that Monty Potabon fumble, Iowa would have taken the lead at that point. It would have taken a much bigger lead. Um, and this last game too, I mean, the, the opportunities that they had to score, but they just couldn't do it. And timely touchdowns, man, like those need to be, or points off turnovers. Maybe that's stat too. Those need to be kept, you know, in a vault somewhere because Iowa just seems like they haven't been overly successful in those, those components. And, you know, that's, that's where you need to be successful if you want to be a good team. I mean, I'm with you. And it's to the point where uh, we need to go down this road. I mean, tinkering and tweaking with the offense doesn't do anything anymore. This needs to be a complete overhaul of the system. And I know Kirk doesn't want to do it, but let's go through a couple stats, Sean. Iowa has scored seven or fewer six times in the last calendar year. In the last 10 starts for Spencer Petras, Let's go through the – since Iowa started off 6-0 and last year, Iowa 7-7. The offense has scored seven points, 7, 17, which was Padilla's start, 27, Padilla, 19, Padilla, 21, Padilla, 3, 17, 3, 7, 27, 13, 14, and 6. I believe Petrus is – Three and seven in his last 10 starts. Iowa as a team is five and seven in their last 12 games against power five opponents. Iowa right now is dead last in offense. Iowa has scored seven touchdowns this year, seven offensive touchdowns this year. One team came, was, they played was Nevada. It was one of the bottom 10 teams in the country, maybe bottom 15. They also play an FCS school. Very good FCS school, but not one that, should be holding Iowa to zero touchdowns in a game. And I get the health span issue, but we haven't seen strides. I know I got bombarded by people last week after I gave Iowa's offense an F against Michigan. I said, it doesn't translate when the game matters. And Illinois, the game against Illinois completely emphasized that they, they couldn't get it done. And the defense did everything and special teams did everything for Iowa, except put the ball in the end zone. I mean, Iowa forced three turnovers they started the, a drive at the four-yard line. Then they end up getting driven back to the 23-yard line after an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on Bo Stevens and a tackle for loss on a Caleb Johnson run. I mean, Sean, it, it some of the, the schemes and just some of the stuff that happened during the game was insane. I mean, Iowa punting, Illinois muffing the punt, right? And then Jack Campbell getting it. And then Iowa punting again. Then Illinois took over. And then 
Iowa forcing a fumble getting the ball at the four-yard line. That, I, like I said, it resulted in a field goal. I don't know. I mean, it's to the point where we're almost gaslighting the defense when we ask them post-game, like, hey, you held the nine points. You know, what more could you have done? Or, you know, are you sensing any frustration? They're not going to come out and say yes. And, like, we should have done more. We were allowing too many rushing yards. Like, Sean, Iowa's defense, realistically, how much better can they get and what more can they do besides put the ball in the end zone for Iowa's offense? And that's the, the kind of the point where we're at this season. Yeah, that – yeah, it's it's not. And, you know, I think after six games, you have a pretty good idea of of where things are at with a team or what a team looks like. And at this rate, it's like, yes, you know, you can take those small, tiny improvements. I think people need to realize too, that, you know, not everything is going to go from amazing or not. Things aren't going to go from bad to really good or really great. Like that's very rare. You got to realize that there's like baby steps that have to be taken in order for teams to, you know, get to a certain point and I think with this team we thought the base would be a little farther than it was you know whether that be offensive line play I've thought I've honestly thought outside of the last two quarters of the game Spencer Peters has looked better but we expected the run game to be better like there just seems to be some sort of disconnect with this Iowa offense where you don't want to rehaul the system I think people need to understand that you know the offense isn't going to change like you're not going to run totally different things or, you know, maybe execution could be better, but like play calling is probably going to remain the same, um, which plays are ran. And, you know, that could be a problem. Um, and just other areas too. Like I think Iowa offensively is what it is right now. And I think that's painful to hear for a lot of people. Like, yes, there could be improvement, but I think they kind of are what they are at this rate. And, you know, I think there could be slight improvement, but, you know, I think this team, it's just, and it's crazy to me because the expectations coming into this year were so much higher. And I get it. Iowa was very close in beating Illinois and Iowa state, but it's like, what makes you think they're going to beat? you know, Minnesota, who I know has struggled at times, Wisconsin, I know has not been great. Like you look at the big time West, like this was the year, that Iowa should have won it and made it back to back. And now we're thinking like a whole new narrative with this team and with this program, something that we did not expect to, to have. And it's, it's very frustrating to watch. And I get it from a fan perspective. Like there was a lot of hype about this offense. It's just like, where, where did things go wrong? That's, I, I don't know. Yeah, Sean, I think that's an interesting point because I really don't know where you can kind of pinpoint it. I think there was potential warning signs that we maybe shortchanged. I mean, losing Linderbaum was a big deal. And Logan Jones, I, I thought that was way, way, way too high of expectations from people, given all the comparisons to Linderbaum. Tyrone Tracy, Charlie Jones leaving. Iowa really not aggressively going in the transfer portal for wide receivers when they desperately need help. I think that's a huge red flag. And not recruiting enough wide receivers, I think, is another deal in that, Sean. But Iowa's tight ends have been good. But just the way that Iowa really ended last season, you really thought that there's really nowhere else they could go but up. And I think that, you know, Gavin LaShawn showed a lot against Kentucky. But right now, Gavin's probably a third string. I, I, I 
thought he really did not have his best game against Illinois. He botched a couple protections, wasn't running the ball. Well, I thought he, he, he misplayed a route or he could have caught a pass. That wasn't that bad from Petrus. There's just a number of tiny things. And my, my thing is, Sean, if you're running an offense where everything has to go perfectly in order to gain yards, that's a horrible offensive system. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. And I think we we've seen time and time again that of players and coaches alike saying, "We're close. We we correct this. We're going to be able to turn it into a big play." Why do a hundred, at least maybe hundred twenty other teams in the country not have that problem? with their offense. They can make something out of nothing. I mean, Iowa just has such a lack of explosive plays. I haven't dove in this into the statistics. I'd be shocked if they weren't near the bottom of the country. It just feels like they're never going to be able to achieve that. So like I said, I think it needs to be a complete raw, uh, overhaul of the scheme. And you weren't at Illinois, but I want your opinion on this. I, I asked Kirk a question about potentially firing a coach or making some changes this week. And I want to preface it by saying I did not specify what coach, but as we've seen across the country, even yesterday, Sean, Indiana, I believe fired their offensive line coach. Rutgers fired their offensive coordinator. We've seen Nebraska, Wisconsin make wholesale changes. I mean, it's a very volatile market in the big 10 coaching. So I asked Kirk if he was anticipating using the bye week to evaluate where the coaches sit. And he just said, no, 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 no. And then he kind of got snippy where he talked about, you know, I don't know if you know this, but we won 10 games last year. We won a lot of games since 2015. And I I want your opinion on just kind of the answer in general, Sean, because to me, if you're pointing to last year, that's probably the worst year to use considering Iowa's offense was probably just as bad as it was this year, if not maybe slightly better or more opportunistic. Like the numbers don't show that they, should, if anything, it, it helps the argument that Iowa probably should be making a change or two and assistant spot or, or elsewhere. But what was your kind of read on the situation? Because people were not happy about it. Yeah, I mean, I understand why, like Kirk would say that because Iowa is a program built on stability, and I understand the results for a lot of people are frustrating. But I also understand why a lot of people took it the wrong way, and you know, I mean, it's a game too, like those press conferences are some of the toughest times to, you know, navigate as a head coach, because, you know, you're pretty pissed after the game. Obviously the way that things went down, wasn't very favorable. You had a lot of opportunities to win and it's just stuff building on each other. So I get, I get the frustration and yeah, I mean, I don't think it's fair to use last year as a, uh, as a, as a reminder, because I mean, you'll look at the current trends of where, of where things are at right now. I mean, someone someone has to ask the question. But, yeah, I mean, I think the the frustration, I think, you know, you talk about 10 games last year. Like, you, you know, you you can point to that. I, I totally get that. Yeah. But I think if the way that the last, you know, stretch of games ended, 
I think that's a little, you know, I, I don't think you can really use that, that excuse. Like I see where he was coming from, but I think you have to look at from big picture. I think you have to look at the whole trends of everything and, you know, really see what, what the whole scope of it is. Yeah. And I, and I understand your point there too, but, and this isn't to trash the players on Iowa. Like I want to be, be very, very clear about that, but statistically, Sean, when Iowa won those games, they obviously they start out six and zero, but they're seven, seven, their past 14 games. And I would argue that Iowa won 10 games last year in, in spite of their offense. I mean, they, they were opportunistic when, when push came to shove, but I think when you, again, you look at a couple stats from last year, like Iowa was not, I mean, I just want to say they weren't much better uh, in 2021, Iowa ended 121st in total offense. They produced 29 touchdowns on offense. Iowa had 24 field goals and two touchdowns on special teams. And Iowa's defense had four touchdowns. So you have 24 field goals and you're getting six touchdowns from special teams and defense. It's, it's, it's a tough road to navigate. I mean, they, they, the special teams and defense scored more frequently than Iowa's offense, uh, 30 to 29. So it, it, it's a tough road to navigate. I, I get that Kirk's emotions were high. And again, I understand why he answered the way he did. And I think if Iowa's offense was slightly better, maybe in the 110, 100 range, I don't think people are as upset. But when they're far and away dead last right now, and you use last year in a season where they also ended horribly. I mean, they, they got killed in the Big Ten Championship, and then they lost to Kentucky. It's not like the season ended on a high note. You know, so I, I think that also just it's 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 a very uh, big boiling point right now, and and I understand they don't want to make a midseason change. I'm not even saying they're wrong to do that, but depending on how Iowa ends this season, there might be some serious questions that need to be asked going into the off season because when you have this bad of an offense for two years in a row, Sean, it it, it really is almost coaching malpractice not to change some things. I'm not even saying staff wise, I'm saying scheme wise, you have to change something. You just, you, there's no excuse to not. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. And I think there's some things that Iowa wants to do offensively that may be better with a mobile quarterback or, you know, offensive line. I think that's, that's something that needs to be better. There's, there's no doubt about that, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> There's a lot. There's just a lot to to digest. And like, I was thinking of my, I was putting something together yesterday for the site. The three things I know, three things like I think. And I had a pretty easy time looking at the three things I think. But like some of the three things I know is like, offense needs fixing. And, you know, outside of that, like there really wasn't much else. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, there's just a lot. And. You know, it'll be interesting to see what what domino effect that this season could have. I mean, I think there's still potential for this team to be, you know, eight and four, seven and five, but realistically, you could be looking at six and six, five and seven. They're fighting for bowl eligibility, in, in my opinion, because again, you look at the rest of the schedule. With all due respect to Iowa, Sean, I mean, Ohio State, they're getting Ohio State right out of the bye week. And I think Ohio State has a bye week as well. And Ohio State looks awfully impressive right now. And then 
Purdue's doing some good things. Minnesota is going to be an incredibly tough out, I think. Uh, you look at Sean, even Nebraska. Like, I don't think Nebraska is going to be that bad by the end of the year. I think they're doing some nice things. They're really even Northwestern because Northwestern, they always find a way to make it interesting with Iowa. Like, Sean, I look at the schedule. I don't see a guaranteed win on the remainder of the schedule. Now, I'm not I'm not saying Iowa's not going to win a game. That's not what I'm saying at all. But there's no gimmies. There are no gimmies the rest of the season. I think that's what's going to make it very interesting. And, you know, I feel for the defense because I think this defense has been incredible this season. I think that they're being overshadowed by the offensive struggles. And I still hope people can kind of appreciate what they're doing because I think Iowa's numbers are outstanding. But, Sean, this is a defense that's on the field more than most of the other top defenses in the country. I mean, they, they, they have to stop so many drives because Iowa's offense just can't maintain and, and sustain drives throughout the course of a game. So Iowa's defense is putting up all these crazy numbers in spite of being on the field for 35, 40 minutes a game. It really is. It, it's just super impressive to me. Yeah, it's uh, that that can take a toll on a team and that can make make things look, you know, a lot worse and a lot better than they are. And, you know, like you said, it's unfair to the defense. And I know people aren't going to say it. And, you know, I know it's going to be a team thing because if you've ever played sports, it's like, yeah, it can get frustrating. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're a team that's united and you're a team that, you know, respects other guys on the team. And obviously it's probably frustrating for them. I get that. But. You know, they back each other up and uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm just like kind of lost for words with some stuff. I I am too. I mean, it, it's the season's gone completely different than I think you and I both imagined. I mean, if I had been three and three in the first six, I would have been surprised, but just the way they've gone three and three, I think that's also really ramped up the emotions from people. And I think, without having a truly dominant team in the big 10 West, I also think that that's really ramped up people. Cause you mentioned it earlier, Sean, this is the year Iowa should have gone back to back. And you know what? They still could. If they somehow went out and they beat everybody else in the big 10 West and Illinois falls a couple of times, like Iowa can make it back in Indianapolis. Like it's not off the table. I think it's a very critical bye week I think Iowa needs to do a big, big look in the mirror. And I would compare this not for different reasons. Okay. Different reasons. I compare this the way the rest of the season goes to the Iowa Michigan state game in 2020, Iowa start out. zero and two. I think if they lose to Michigan state, things really go off the rails. They go zero and three. And, you know, it was again, different turmoil, different, different situation. Right. But given how good this defense is and how good Tory Taylor is, something's going to give, I mean, there's going to, and I know the players are going to say publicly that there's nothing, you know, there's no tension. There's no, none of that. And, and that's exactly what they should do. They should be backing up their guys, but Sean, you've been around college athletics, you know, college athletes, you know, emotions are high right now. You, you, you know, there's tension there. I'm not trying to fabricate something and I believe they have each other's backs. I want to push each other, but you got to imagine there's, there's gotta be some level of frustration that, you know, if, if, if something doesn't give in the next few games, I'm very curious what happens. I just, this is a lot of what aboutism, but I think we're at the point of the season, Sean, where we have to, it has to be what aboutism. Yeah, this is where teams come together. This is a, this is a stretch where, 
you know, guys, guys need to come together and guys need to be, you know, held accountable and, you know, I mean, not held accountable, but guys need to be accountable for, you know, how the rest of the season goes, because, yeah, I mean, like you said, that it could lead to a lot of question marks this off season. Like, you know, it's winning cures all. And that's like yep. the most, you know, overused term in college football and college athletics and sports in general, but it really does. And this week, I think we'll be this week and next week, you know, how they come out against Ohio State, I'm not expecting Ohio State to lose that game. But I think how they come out against Ohio State would be a really big teller for the rest of the season. You know what else I, I have found very interesting, Sean? And I need to go back and look through the numbers. I've noticed Iowa's deferring more than taking the ball in the first half. I think Kirk's been notorious over his career to want the ball first, to try to set the tone. Why is it this year that Iowa's deferring? I think if you want to try to show confidence in your offense, you got to put them on the field. Yeah. It's, it's just, I don't know. There's a lot of question marks and I'm going to go back through and rewatch this Iowa, Illinois game today. I think the, again, I think last year's team is more the same, but I think last year's team was much more opportunistic. The offense was, I mean, I, again, I think they got weapons. I think Sam Laporta showed some good things. I think we've seen Luke Lachey, show some good things. I think Iowa's gone away from Arlen Bruce, and I don't think that's a good thing. And the offensive line hasn't been consistent. I still think Caleb Johnson can be a very good running back. But, you know, Sean, another big thing I've noticed from Spencer, Spencer still locks into one target. He does not go through his progressions. He's looking at Sam Laporta the whole way. He's looking at Luke Lachey the whole way. He looked at Arlen Bruce for most of the time through the first couple of weeks. Like, he does not go through his progressions. And is that because he's just so zoned in and so locked in, or is he just not getting the time to go through his progressions? And I think that's a serious question that needs to be asked too. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's time is one of the things. I think that has a big part to do with it. And I think, you know, getting separation with the receivers, I think that has something to do with it too. And it also comes down to execution. Like a lot of people underestimate how hard it is to be a quarterback and how much is going on at one time and how much you have to know and how much you have to have free snap reads and everything like that makes it really difficult. And, you know, I get it. Third year starter, you got to be better. You about got to be more consistent. But I think that's one position on offense where I've seen a little bit of growth, but then the second half was a tiny step backwards. So you just got to keep building on that. I get it. Year three, a lot of frustration, but you just got to keep building. Sean and I will be back in a couple of days. I think we're going to do a position by position grading and, and breakdown of some analysis of everything we've seen this year. Uh, we are going to get a chance to speak with LeVar Woods, Phil Parker, and Brian Ferentz on Wednesday, so we'll be sure to do a podcast on that because Lord knows everybody wants to hear from Brian right now. We haven't heard from Brian since the first week after South Coast State, so I think some tough questions are going to be asked. I'm very curious how Brian Ferentz answers them. I think this is, a again, a very critical juncture for his tenure at Iowa. I think it's a critical stretch for this year's team. And if I was going to turn around the next two weeks, have to set the stage. Because, again, I don't think they beat Ohio State, Sean. But you have to show some form of growth that can tangibly transfer, translate over to Northwestern and to the rest of the season. Because, again, you obviously go into the goal of being Ohio State. You want that sort of swagger. You want that mindset. But Iowa's offense just needs to see a couple of good things that can transfer over to Northwestern and the other Big Ten West teams. Yeah. There, there needs to be something shown. I think that would be give people a lot of optimism. I mean, 
seven and five, I think people would be happy based on where, you know, things are at now, but you know, six and six is looking, looking possible. It is. And I think we will fight. If the thing is, I, I said North, Illinois is the biggest must win. I still stand by that, but that Northwestern game could be right back up there in terms of a must win. If Iowa wants to make a bowl game, in, in my opinion, because that last stretch is not going to be easy by any means. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at David Eichel at SBOC247 and follow us at Hawkeyes on 247. Sean and I will be churning out content throughout the bye week. And, uh, you know, Sean, from a college football fan standpoint, it's I think there's five top 20 matchups. So I'm kind of happy that uh, Iowa's not playing. It'll be nice to watch a lot of good football, football games in action on Saturday. But, uh, yeah, until then, we'll talk to you in a few days. And thanks. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, one love. Rated PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.